of course, we live in a time where everybody has a voice and they can project that voice by way of comments or posting a video or making themselves heard on any platform, any number of platforms. So now I have an ability to talk to the entire world and so do you. And anybody who says or does anything, there's, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's every likulli kalam jawab, every, every speech has some commentary, right? So now we have an ability to record our commentaries, our mockery, our disagreement, our ridicule, our rage, our agreement, our appreciation, all of it permanently on these records that are under every YouTube video or under every post or anything else, right? So this is, and, and sometimes people do this in the name of I'm enjoining the good and forbidding the evil by, you know, calling, they, they, they listen to something or someone and they say, well, this person is a disbeliever or this person is completely off of, out of the fold of Islam or this person is calling to the way of shaitan, etc., etc., because we have to enjoin the good or forbid the evil. Or they'll exhort each other, hey, why don't you speak against this or why don't you speak about that because I want you to call this one out or that one out. And all of this is done in the spirit of something we think we understand for the most part, which is enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. So let's take these words apart a little bit uh, and, and break them up one at a time. Let's start first with the word amr, ta'murun, which in English translation, I don't, I don't personally like the translation enjoining because you don't normally use it. You don't use the word enjoin in your typical speech. The entire purpose of translation is to use language that's closer to your experience and that's not something you typically use. You don't enjoin your children to do the homework. You don't, your, your boss doesn't enjoin you to show up tomorrow on time etc. Right? So this is an alien word already for most of us. So let's use language that's more familiar. Amr can possibly be translated as a command. So one possible way of translating this word is commanding good, commanding good and forbidding evil. But even that has issues. And I want to share with you why that has issues. The word Amr in the Arabic language, you can think of it as an entire spectrum. One person is telling another person something. And if they have ultimate authority over them, like I have ultimate authority, let's say over my young child, that I'm commanding them to do something that can actually constitute as an Amr. A general in a military is commanding a soldier, he's actually issuing an Amr. But actually Amr is also used for suggestion. Amr is also used for advice in the Arabic language. In fact, not just in Arabic language and in classical poetry, but also in the Quran itself. When, when, when Fir'aun was losing his power, he was losing grip over his own cabinet, and he thought that they might switch and turn over to Musa salam's side. He said, He wants to kick you out of your land. And he said, suggest to me what I should do. Give me your counsel, give me your advice. And the word for counsel and advice in that ayah is actually the same word we're just learning about right now. He's asking for a suggestion. Similarly, when Musa is interestingly in his story, when he had punched that soldier and that soldier had died, and the police authorities of Egypt were secretly taking counsel with each other and they figured out a plan. And the plan was, as soon as we find Musa, we'll kill him in the street. We're not going to bring him into trial. They had a secret meeting where they took each other's suggestions. And the word for that is, the, the generals or the police chiefs are secretly taking each other's counsel and have reached the decision to try and kill you. This is the same word that's been used from the same origin in cases of divorce settlement between the husband and the wife if there's a child involved and how long the session should go on. Allah says, 
that you should take each other's counsel and figure out what you're going to do in a dignified way. So the point that I'm trying to get at, not just from the point of view of outside of the Qur'an in Arabic literature in general, but also even inside the Qur'an, the word amr doesn't just occur in the meaning of commanding. It actually occurs in the meaning of suggesting or advising or in, you know, or encouraging or even on top of that, it can be in the meaning of commanding also. You know, so Allah Azza wa Jal says, for example, Himself, يَأْمُرُكُمْ Allah commands you, Allah instructs you that you give the, the, the rights to those who deserve them, the trust to those who deserve them. Now, this is an important distinction. What that means then, let me just give you in, by way of an example, because talking in theory can become hard to understand. Let's say it's the first day of class and I have a bunch of students, third grade. Some of them are well-behaved, some of them not so much, right? And some of them are struggling with, with discipline, some of them are not. I'm just beginning to understand these kids. It's going to take me a little while. And they're going to get used to my way of dealing with things and my discipline. And over time, I'm going to, I won't lay down the hammer at first. I'm going to try to figure out how everybody behaves and what their issues are and where their anger may be coming from, where their violent behavior in class might be coming from, why they're always so loud, why they're always, you know, get, you know, uh, being obnoxious, etc. So I might take one of those kids after class and say, hey, so I notice you make a lot of fun of your friends. Why do you think that is? You know, instead of embarrassing him in front of everybody, I'll take him to the side and talk to him a little bit. And then over time, I might see a change in that one student's behavior. Right, And then over time, as I develop a relationship with that student, the next time he's misbehaving, I can just say, Hey, Omar, sorry if there's Omar in the audience. Hey, Omar, and we'll just, you remember what we talked about? And he could just get it. He gets it now because we went from me slowly advising him, beginning to understand him, to a point where I can actually even just look at him and he'll know, Okay, okay, sorry, Stad, sorry. I know, I know, I know. And he gets it. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't, it, I couldn't do that the first day. And if I did, in fact, even if he obeyed me on the first day, he would develop a resentment towards me. And it's not something that would benefit him. If, if me as a teacher, I just want obedience in the classroom, I can get it. But if I want the student to actually transform and to see the error in their ways and to actually feel like I care about them, I'm actually doing this for their own good, then that's going to take some while. And I might not start with commanding, I might start with advising, I might start with suggesting, I might start with putting my hand over their shoulder, like with some compassion, some, some listening also from them. This is an important part of the process if I really have somebody else's well-being in mind. But if I just want to make sure I win an argument, then I can just throw some things in their face, threaten them to go take them to the principal's office and I'll be done with it. My job is still done, I still taught a class. I didn't do anything illegal, right? But the point is, I'm missing something very, very fundamental. So that's a little bit about the word amr. And when we think about doing amr to something good, who am I doing it to? Do I care about this person or do I just want to win an argument? Do I want to embarrass this person, humiliate this person? Do I just want to show the world how wrong they are? What is my motivation for correcting them? What is my, and who am I saving? Right? And this becomes a really important question to ask myself when I'm embarking on a journey to correct somebody else or to advise somebody else.
I hope you guys enjoyed that video clip. My team and I have been working tirelessly to try to create as many resources for Muslims to give them first steps in understanding the Quran all the way to the point where they can have a deep, profound understanding of the Quran. We are students of the Quran ourselves and we want you to be students of the Quran alongside us. Join us for this journey on BayinaTV.com where thousands of hours of work have already been put in and don't be intimidated, it's step by step by step so you can make learning the Quran a part of your lifestyle. There's lots of stuff available on YouTube but it's all over the place. If you want an organized approach to studying the Quran beginning to end for yourself, your kids, your family and even among peers, that would be the way to go. Sign up for BayinaTV.com.